Welcome to episode 12 of Channel 97. I'm so excited to be back, to be here today. Um, We have a lot of uh, memorabilia to talk about today and um, just a couple uh, topics to talk about, but I'm so excited to be here. It is Gemini season. Um, It is going to be the start of summer and what that has to offer us. School is going to be out um, and a lot of things are going to come into play. Um, How are you guys doing? I want to take this time and I want to ask y'all. I know y'all can't really reply to me, but hopefully you're replying to yourselves. Um, How are you doing? How are you feeling? Is everything going okay in your workspace, your home space, your mental space, your physical space, your spiritual space, all that uh, kind of stuff. Just want to take this brief moment to um, take that breather and just uh, check on ourselves here. I know sometimes, you know, we're worried about ourselves. Um, Not enough because we're too worried about others and everything else that is going around us. Um, I hope you guys are feeling a little bit um, more safe. Brittany Booker's killer has been found. He was found in Chicago yesterday. I personally think he's a dumbass and um, unfortunately things like that have to lead to people being able to leave um, alive, but uh, hopefully the Booker family can find some more peace and also get justice out of the situation. Um, yeah, I think I can tune into the uh, title song today that is Summer by Jaden, aka Jaden Smith. Um, that is uh, revved and Grabbed. What am I talking about? That is slowed and reverbed. I'm sorry, guys. It's a little late. Um, I did work a shift today, so words are just words at this point, but we are going to get through this uh, together. But it is slowed and reverbed by Joker on YouTube. Um, it's a vibe, and I feel like um, I've been putting together my summer playlist and the songs that are really starting to feel like summer vibes. And I just feel like I had to put this in here because this is going to be the last podcast of May. And then pretty soon we are going to be jumping into June and July. 
Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful Memorial Day over the weekend. Hopefully, I get a four-day weekend. Otherwise, I will get a three-day weekend. But normally, I'm supposed to have off on Friday. So, I'm hoping my job doesn't try to pull some bullshit and um, tell us on, like, Wednesday afternoon that we have to come in on Friday. So, I'm hoping that they just give us the four-day weekend since we already do have Monday off. I'll be very excited and ready for that. I get to... Um, just be with my boyfriend and my family and eat good food and just enjoy not having my back thrown out by making them 160 likes a day. But we are not going to dive into that. Um, so, yeah, I think um, so. I have some notes in here that um, in my phone, by the way, if you are wondering what the fuck I'm talking about. But um, throughout the week. The weeks that I am not recording, I do put notes on my phone just throughout stuff that I catch that I can remember to put down that I want to talk about in the pod. And the very first thing that I had on here is the Kehlani interview. Um, so I think I just want to touch on that just because um, I want you guys to know that I'm going to be attending the Blue Water Road trip tour um of course blue water road is the new album that kehlani just dropped and i have been loving it's literally an album i think that shows um just the development of their artistic um musical ability i feel like a lot of times a lot of these artists kind of like kehlani um ariana grande um just a lot of more stars when they start off in the beginning they honestly make music that they're not 100 percent happy with it's more so what the labels want you to put out what other people are telling you oh this song should be on the album and a lot of times the music that they do love doesn't end up on the projects that they put out um but with this album, is an album that Kehlani collectively put together, and these are the songs that they wanted to be on the album, and they all flow so well. The transitions are beautiful, and I did get a pre-sale ticket um, just for general admission. I wasn't paying $300 for meet and greet. I would love to meet Kehlani, but just can't necessarily afford that right now. Um, The GA was about 60 bucks. I got it on pre-sale. I don't know if that gets me some sort of special seats or just the fact that I was able to score tickets before everybody else, but I'm so excited. It is on August 26th in the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago, which is only an hour and a half away instead of like a two-hour drive, Um, but it's definitely doable. You know, Chicago is a straight shot from where we live, where I live at least, and um, it won't be shit to be there. So I'm very, very excited to see them on tour and finally be able to sing all the songs that I love. And I think it's such a beautiful time for me to be going because they'll be able to play the music from these last two albums and then maybe some songs that have been in the past, but nothing too much of the past. I still appreciate the music that Kehlani has put out in the past, you know, with Sweet Sexy Savage. And, um, you know, I was definitely part of their journey on SoundCloud and supported them. Um, but I do really appreciate that the music that they've put out in the last couple years and how much it's developed and how much more um, curated is it is by them and how much more appreciated it is by them. And being a mom and everything else, oh yeah, Rico Nasty is also going to be an opener. So 
The last time I saw Rico Nasty live was in 2018 and Rolling Loud. And this was still like kind of the beginning of Rico Nasty. Didn't necessarily have um, her debut album out yet. So I'm very excited for that. And just to experience that, I am going to be going by myself. Um, but I know that there are other people who live near me who will be attending. And hopefully I'll be able to run into them. No, don't think I'm weird or be scared for me. I have done this plenty of times. I know how to keep myself safe. And also, sometimes going to concerts are a lot more fun than with other people because I only have to worry about myself, worry about my own vibe. I can just be in the back and smoking my blunt. Or if I want to be in the crowd or some shit, I'm probably just mostly going to be chill. I don't think I'm going to be raging or moshing. I'm just going to try to enjoy this show and really just get the vibes that I've been wanting from this artist. But while I went on that rant, I just had to tell you guys. Um, So the interview that I was talking about, it was a... I feel like I need to do my research right now. But I'm going to just say that Kehlani did an interview. Um, I don't really want to bust them out. But you could definitely look it up on Twitter or YouTube or whatever. You'll be able to find exactly what I'm talking about. Um, But um, I'm pretty sure it's a podcast type of interview type of thing. I may be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But basically, Kehlani hopped. Um, She's been doing some press since um, BWR dropped and been doing some interviews. You know, Big Boy, um, stuff like that. You know, different interviews just talking about their journey. So these people specifically, I'm going to just say in the interview, it was only about 15 minutes. And I believe that it was cut so short because of how uncomfortable Kehlani was in the situation and just maybe how they felt as well. But basically, Kehlani showed up to the interview and all that they really wanted to talk about was Kehlani's sex life. Um, immediately, um, how I feel about the situation. So when the interview opened up, the guy goes, we are happy to announce they, they is she, and she is Kehlani. So I think in a way what happened with the internet is the internet was disappointed. Just, I guess, on the play with words. They took it as a way of them kind of disrespecting the pronouns of Kehlani. Kehlani has announced, you know, um, she does prefer to be called they, them, um, does still accept she and her, but mostly they and them, um, stuff like that. But I guess in the way they said it, it's kind of like disregarding the fact of they and them and is like, oh, but they is actually she and she is her. You know what I'm saying? So I think right away from the beginning of the episode, um, Kehlani had bad vibes. So then there's also a woman on the um, interview team and she kind of just goes to ask, you know, would you fuck SZA? Have you and SZA, SZA ever scissored? Would you fuck Meg Thee Stallion? Like, stuff like that. And the whole time, Kehlani just looks uncomfortable. They have their arms crossed. And the interview interviewers basically, um, you know, after the fact, people, the internet went crazy about the interview. And then Kehlani finally spoke up and was like, I did feel disrespectful disrespected I did feel uncomfortable like you know I didn't know kind of what was the point of having me on the interview if you weren't gonna ask me about my music and the internet ate them up and internet was was eating them up like 
you, do you even know the album? You know, stuff like that. And the interviewers kind of replied back, like, why would you come on here if you were just going to have a bad attitude, basically like bad to work with type situation. But I don't feel like Kaylani was in the wrong. I think, uh, um, you know, even though I'm a podcaster and I do talk about celebrities and I talk about celebrity news and lives, um, I feel like my backstory with that is I've grown up with magazines. I've grown up with tabloids. My grandma was big into, um, you know, magazines and stuff like that. So I've always been very intrigued by celebrities. But I do understand that celebrities are human beings. And um, I think I just idolize them in the art that they can give and how much of a superhuman a lot of them can be when it comes to dancing or singing or acting or just their personalities and how active they can be in fans lives or towards the community and stuff like that and you know I do admire um how hard it can be to be in that situation and to have all eyes on you so um I just think people tend to forget that celebrities are human beings and you know especially with Kehlani being in a relationship I just think that if I were to just drop an album if I wasn't on like lip service with Angela Yee I wouldn't want to be going to an interview and talking about if I was fucking SZA you know what I'm saying like I think it was just kind of a uncomfortable situation and it was um all over the internet and stuff like that so I did want to like talk about that so a lot of the notes that I actually have on my phone are mostly about music that has come out um like years and years and years and years and um I think before I head into music and um song of the week I think I want to touch into another topic while I'm on the topic of you know discussion and shit and I want to talk about honey pot So I feel like I've actually had a lot of people message me wanting to know um, about my emotions about Honey Pot, how I feel about Honey Pot and what Honey Pot did. Um, I'm going to just say this. So the thing with Honey Pot is I think, so at first I was enraged. I felt like um, I shouldn't have found out from the internet and from like viral TikToks and tweets that, um, you know, if you don't know what honeypot is, which I'm sure every woman knows what honeypot is, if I'm sure most men do, but if you don't know, it is a feminine hygiene line that was curated and founded by a black woman in Georgia. Um, her story is, is, you know, she was dealing with, with bacterial vaginosis for almost a year. And basically what bacterial vaginosis is, it's just um, when it comes to, you know, like the vagina, um, and it just has a buildup of bacteria, and it can come with smells, it can come with itchiness, it can come with, um, you know, uncomfortableness, weird discharge, you know, you pee weird, stuff like that. You can get infertility from it. It can cause you a lot of problems and it's not like an STD, but it's just something that can help happen from build up with bacteria. But in her case, no matter what she did, nothing was working, nothing was curing it. So I guess one night she had a dream. Her ancestors came to her, let her know, you know, here's a recipe. It's all natural. You can do it yourself. So basically she went on a hunt, curated her own kind of recipe and um, patented it, you know, got it 
got to invest in herself, got investors, eventually made it become a business, and it originally started selling in Target first. I believe Target was the very first place that it was sold, and it has gone big. It's known for having um, healthier ingredients. It's known for not having um, toxic parabens. I believe one ingredient is there in there, which was apple cider vinegar, which was in the sensitive wash, was organic, and um, it just really led into being made into tampons, pads, overnight pads, postpartum pads, washes, um, and just all different kinds of things. Sorry, I paused for a second. My laptop came up with a message, so... <laughs> but you know, Honey Pod, she got the bag, and not not only that, but it was a black woman, and you know that's what we're missing in our shelves. So for me, it was frustrating to see because I remember um, I had just bought like before this had happened, just like a three four days before, I had just bought a new bottle of Honey Pot Sensitive Wash. I use it all the time. Um, you know, it has a slight smell to it because the apple cider vinegar, but it never made me smell. Um, not that I smell, but you know what I'm saying? It, it never gave anything weird, never made me feel uncomfortable. So I am going to say without knowing that this was a new formula, I had kind of felt a little weird and I'm not going to say it made me uncomfortable or anything but it I could tell that there was something different without knowing there was something different and I'm not just saying this just to say it. I'm I'm just being honest here and now I understand it's because they added different ingredients to the like limoline and just other other ingredients that can be considered hazardous so there's a TikTok and it's saying, you know, they changed the packaging. Mind you, Honey Pot was sold out for like two weeks. I was like holding on to my old bottle as much as I could, like pumping it as much as I could to get it out, whatever. I'm just kind of using normal water at that point, whatever. And um, now I understand why they were sold out. And finally, it's like the shelves were stocked up again. And it is because they were doing a rebrand. And the rebrand, um, they took off uh, the fact that there is a pH on the bottle. They took off um, the recycling logo. They took off no parabens. Um, there was no more collateral silver in there. Um, they added a bunch of different ingredients. And it caused an outrage. And um, I do own a Yuka app. And there were some people who actually attacked me on Twitter because I was being vocal on Twitter about it. And they're basically saying, like, me using the Yuka app is uh, is not, like, educating myself and me just kind of falling for BS. But I'm going to tell you guys some real shit. Like, I get it. I still own a lot of products that aren't the best. I still eat things that aren't the best that contain hazardous things. I do look on Yuka. Majority of the stuff that I do own, though, is actually on the higher scale of the spectrum. I don't really use much stuff that, you know, was under 50 or, you know, that was close to zero. You know, there were a couple things where it's like, ah, oh, fuck it at this point. Like, you know, bath and body washes are literally zero out of 100, but I don't use them on my vagina. You know what I'm saying? And I don't use them to clean myself. I use them after I clean myself and I want to give myself a scent. So 
you know what I'm saying? But honeypot is a little bit different because it's a wash for your vulva and um, for your vagina. And I know that a lot of people are sensitive on what they use for their vaginas because of just how much education there is out there. There isn't enough education for women in general. And I think also in the time that we are in the world where you know, the whole Roe versus Wade thing and people, you know, trying to get rid of abortions, no matter if you're pro-life or pro-choice, every woman is entitled to their vulvas and how they want to take care of them. So I think what Honeypot should have done is they should have made an announcement. I feel like for them to let their products go unstocked for a couple weeks and kind of leave people wondering like okay what's happening and then revamp the brand change it sell it and not say anything and you have to kind of have this upper online that's where they messed up it was the fact that they had the loss of communication I feel like if they would have told people it would have give it would have made people feel like they had more of a choice to say you know what I can still use this I can do my research yeah, they added some preservatives that are considered hazardous, um, but maybe I can still use it. And I feel like since they didn't, it felt like a sneaky move. And since she did sell to another company that is owned, you know, mostly by a white, you know, the white uh, Caucasian circle. I can't think of words right now. Um, I think that really upset people more because it's kind of like, oh, well, it's also no longer organic. And then you look on Yucca and it goes from being almost 100 to now 37 because of the products that, that they contain. So back to Yucca, the thing is, is I hate that people were trying to argue with me and they're like, do your science. And it's like, just... It's like what people have to understand is, yes, the preservative was put in there to make it last, have a longer shelf life because some people were receiving mold in their bottles, etc. But we have to talk about the fact of what a shelf life is. And if somebody is using a product that's been sitting in the shelf for two months and it's considered to be, quote unquote, organic and plant based and natural, it should not last longer than two months. And you shouldn't be using it if it's been sitting for longer than two months. You know, what I'm saying the wash, you should be using it and then replacing it. You shouldn't be having bottles sitting. You know what I'm saying? Like there's reasons for stuff like that. And there's reasons for shelf lives. I understand, you know, being more healthy and things like that, but there are preservatives and things that are considered toxic or hazardous or can cause allergens. There are people who want to only have plant-based items or organic items. There aren't. There are people who don't want certain preservatives or things used in their body, no matter how people feel about it. So I just feel like when you change your formula, you should tell the community who supports you instead of kind of leaving them out in the dark. And then when there's uproar, you want to say, well, it was time for me to move on. You can't think of all your businesses as a baby. You know, it is what it is. Um, and I think that it just shows that sometimes you you have to be honest with what you're doing with your company and letting people know of a rebrand so that people can feel like they have a choice. Because now there were people who are like, oh, I bought this, but yet I never knew it was changed. And now I no longer want to have it because I feel like I've been bamboozled. And people have the right to feel that way and have the right to feel outraged about 
um, what they don't know that's being put in their body. Um, and yes, we should educate ourselves and we shouldn't only rely on apps like Yuka to decide what we can and can't use and what works for us and what doesn't. But it is also important to use those um, apps and things like that to make sure that we do know what could potentially harm us and what is and isn't good for our bodies. And I just think that is important. Um, with that, and I just really wanted to uh, talk about that because, you know, I know people were asking me, but it's an important discussion to have because there are people who, you know, completely agree. And then there are other people who are like, but what she did was better for the product, which can be true, but also it's like, but um, at the in the long run of things, you know, um, is it good for you or is it the same? And a lot of people were saying, but we never asked you to change the formula. Um, you know, but like I said, you know, some things were complaining of molds. But again, that makes me ask the same question. How long was this sitting on the shelf? Was it just sitting there? Was it ever used? You know what I'm saying? Did they... Because, you know, some people stock up. They stock up and then they use it and it's like oh, that's been sitting there for four months, you know what I'm saying, when it shouldn't have been. So, of course, it could potentially have molds, but I don't know if that is 100% the case. But I just had to touch base on that and um, give my opinion on that. And how do you guys feel about it and how do you guys feel about Honeypot? Um, I did go into Target and I was using the Yuka app. I did find a couple washes. I know everyone's been hearing about the L foam wash. If you don't know about L, they are sold in Target. Um, they were one of the very first organic tampons that I used because they were one of the very first organic brands in Target. Now there are many more quote-unquote organic at least, but L was one of the very first and that's when I realized um, that I prefer to use tampons that are organic because they don't make me feel some type of way after wearing them for a couple hours or, you know, you just kind of feel weird and we don't really talk enough about what we actually as women put in our bodies and what we use for our menstruals and how important it is for vaginal health. And you know what I'm saying, um, tampons were never necessarily made to help women. Um, you know, they were made as a way to kind of control women um periods you guys can honestly listen if you know you want to make it more simple literally listen to the dark history episode by bailey syrian about periods and it'll give you so much information in such a simplified way because you know bailey talks um in such a simple um nice storytelling way and it um will really open your eyes about how the world looks at women and looks at women's fertility and um bleeding you know what i'm saying back then they used to think women bleeding was witchcraft and was evil or was dirty so it's just interesting to see and i just think the whole rebrand thing was at such a terrible time when women are so sensitive about their uteruses so i just think it's important and um you know, to talk about and understanding why brands need to make sure that they're being thorough with what they're telling their consumers, especially nowadays. We're in 2022. Everyone has a phone. Everyone has the internet. We all can educate ourselves as much as we can. So it's a lot harder for brands to hide things from us um, and slip them under the rug without people having uproar. So I just wanted to talk about that. Again, if you want to have more information about the history of periods and how women, of course, of fucking course, um, have been looked 
been frowned upon, listen to the Dark History episode by Bailey Syrian. It came out a couple weeks ago. It was so intriguing and really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. And um, and I did see a couple posts um that um went we're all kind of for Honeypot and I'm stuck up for it. And I did like them on my Twitter and I thought they were very educating and um it changed my mind a little bit about the Honeypot. Um, but again, I did find a couple other washes in Target. I know I kind of drifted off from that. But the L foam wash. And then there is another wash that was called Down There Wash. And that's actually the one I got. Um, I will say that it does have fragrance of rose water, but I have not experienced any irritation. Um, but it is actually um, organic, cruelty free. Um, I believe it may be vegan and um, it was only $4.99 compared to the $8 that Honeypot and Elf Foam Wash are and I really enjoy it in the packaging and everything and it had a score of 97 on Yucca as well. Um, so just want to touch base on that and I think we can finally get into our song of the week here. Baby, yeah baby. This my undisputed truth, uh-huh My life is like forbidden fruit My bitch know better than I do A woman's worth I barely went to church I'd rather fast with you Than fuck it up Fucking with skirts Cause I'm rational A nigga still gon' be a nigga Emoji heart, my family pictures Two stepping away from rappers I don't trust that true intentions I'm not in the music business I've been in the human business Whole life been social distant Hoes like when you not tripping I up the party Who said they saw me? Crown on by Molly Risk on your gunny They gon' judge your life for a couple likes on a double tap Them hoes is sorry They all get body. I bless it that you have an open heart I bless that you forgive I bless it that you can learn from a loss I bless it that you heal I bless one day that you attract Somebody with your mind exact A patient life Flaws bless them twice And they'll bless you back Keep me going and I'm gonna walk And then I am the plug talk Yeah baby Yeah baby Yeah baby Yeah baby That is Purple Hearts by Kendrick Lamar, Summer Walker, and Ghostface Killer. If y'all have not listened to the new Kendrick Lamar album, y'all are asleep. Um, it is, man, I think the best way I saw someone put it is it's about a man trying to heal his childhood trauma so he can be a better father, um, son, dad, brother, all that. And I feel like that's all something that we're going through. And Kendrick Lamar don't miss. I still listen to old Kendrick Lamar. And this song is such a vibe. Um, I feel like there's a song in the album for everybody. There is so much fire music dropping lately. The 20s are going to be full of great music. I can feel it now. Um, I've been listening. I've been listening to a lot of new stuff, old stuff, everything, um, all over the spectrum. Um, so I definitely had to put something new in a song in a week today, and I hope that y'all go check that out if you haven't already. Okay, so I feel like I got a lot of the memorabilia for this um pod today, so I think I'll just go in order of that I put it down. Um, so on May tenth. A Goblin by Tyler Cater had come out 11 years ago. I feel like that's definitely gotten me in my feels. 
Um, I remember listening to Goblin. I remember around the time Goblin first came out. Um, my brother is actually who I have some of the fondest memories of listening to Goblin with because we listened to it together. I remember we both were thinking, wow, this shit's fucked up, but it's fire. And I just love that I've gotten to witness Tyler Crater turn into the artist that he has become. He's come so far, and I think it's so admirable, um, you know, how he started off with the crew and just, um, you know, it shows, too, that don't give up. You know what I'm saying? It Sometimes it takes 10 years for you to finally get your O's and hard work, but yet, you know, just the improvement from Goblin all the way until Call Me If You Get Lost, which is now has, is beautiful. And, you know, now he produces his own music and, you know, shows the influences of the producers that he admires and, um, you know, works with a lot of new artists and is open with his sexuality and everything and fluent. And now is on award shows and, you know, performing on stages and, um, I just love it and I love to see him flourish and it's just crazy to think that it's been 11 years. Um, I do have some Juice World, so Lucid Dreams also came out on May 10th and that was four years ago. Um, that definitely has got me emotional um, along with uh, Lean With Me um, coming out four years ago. Um, Juice World is such is such an artist I adore and hold close to my heart because he is one of the first um artists to be genuinely open with their mental health, um, especially right away. Um, and just be really open and honest about it. And I Juice World's music has made me feel not alone and more understood in ways. And he was such a musical guy, you know. Um especially being a fellow band kid. And, you know, when I listen to his music now, I can hear the influence of being in um, an ensemble and um, just the layers to his music and the bridges and the harmonies and, you know, how he can begin a song and in certain, you know, ways he can end a song and tighten things up or make them more loose. And you can just tell that he was a genuine um, music head. And just thinking where I was in 2018, you know, he was still such a new artist and I was so supportive of him and what he was doing. And, you know, so many people at the time were still questioning his ability to make music and if he was even going to be famous, if he was even worth it. And now, you know, four years later, he has passed on, but he's gone to have billions of streams and continuing to break records. And his albums are still on the top, you know, 200 and even 100. He still has an album, you know, and his posthumous album has literally been on the top 100 of Billboard since it came out. And it's just crazy. And I wish that kid could see his success. And I, I wish I could still be getting more content from him and hearing him grow as an artist and what he could have potentially grown into and it just it just hurts to know that he's no longer here and we only have you know these songs of what he was going through as you know as a late late teen early 20s and the emotions he was going through and I just wish you know he could have beat them and you know grown from them and hear me calling um by him um, was also three years ago, you know, which was dedicated to Allie. 
Um, and these are videos, by the way, um, that came out. These are videos, what I'm talking about. And Hear Me Calling, I think, is one of my favorite songs by him. Honestly, Death Race for Love is an amazing album. I love what he did with the album. I think it was completely different than Goodbye and Good Riddance. Goodbye and Good Riddance was more so, like, um, singles and throwaways that he had and stuff that he was already putting out on SoundCloud and then he eventually bundled it all together and made it into um, a mixtape essentially and added you know his interludes and stuff like that um, but Death Race for Love was more so a piece of art and I feel like he made it as um, a collective instead of maybe he has a song here that he made and a song here and a song here you know what I'm saying put it together finally make your album it's like this one was cohesive he had a he had a you know a, a vision for it and he essentially wanted to make you know more love music and you know not so much heartbroken music and hear me calling is such an amazing song because it's a freestyle and it was a freestyle he actually made after him and Allie had gotten to an argument Allie wanted to basically leave he didn't want her to leave and basically he took that energy and took it um, took it to the studio and made a song about it and is one of the best songs and um, one of my favorite songs to listen to and um, it's over a house beat too so it's totally good to dance to and um, I just love this kid and I just really wish he was here. Um, moving on, Aaliyah's Back and Forth came out 28 fucking years ago and that makes me feel old. She was, what, 14, 15 years old, and I just think of the baby that Aaliyah was, and Aaliyah is another one that um, that I wish had, you know, could still be here and embrace, and, you know, j just how I think, I think of these artists that have passed, like Aaliyah, Selena, who passed, you know, early 2000s, um, even, like, Tupac, like, just imagine if they had Instagrams and Twitters and TikToks and the music they could have made and, you know, the stuff. I believe Aaliyah would have truly been groundbreaking, and I feel like she was such a visionary. She knew she was going to be spending um, her, you know, her, her 20s in the new millennium, and I feel like she had such a vision for herself, and I wish she really got to execute that and bring that forth, and it's it's so nice to still see almost 30 years later that um, she has such an impact on people. Even 20 years later, she has such an impact. And there are still so many people who have not come close to being able to have the swag and the style and the suave and the sound that Aaliyah had. And um, she's definitely imprinted in into the R&B community and everything that she did and her choreography and just how she felt about life that that Capricorn queen. She was a Capricorn queen. And another late friend of ours, um, Mac Miller, did come out with Faces seven years ago. Another thing that gets me very emotional. I'm sorry these may sound a little depressing because these are all like artists that have passed. Um, but this is what did pop up, you know, um, date-wise. Um, but Mac Miller, man, Mac Miller, um, 
swimming has forever a, a place in my heart. I remember when swimming came out, I did buy uh, the album, and this is when I saw my 94 Camry. So um, I had a CD player, and I essentially would buy CDs all the time. And swimming was a CD that I played back to back, and I can tell you the transitions from song to song. You know, when you really listen to an album, album straightforward and you know the song that's gonna come after it that's how I am with swimming and swimming got me through some places and faces is such a good mixtape and I'm so happy that it's finally on streaming services if you guys didn't know that you can listen to faces and it essentially was um you know something that was quote-unquote unreleased but released and you know that was big on SoundCloud and has a lot of good gems on there and um a lot of good Mac Miller, a lot, a lot, a lot of good Mac Miller. And um, just thinking, you know, he was in his early 20s when he came out with that project and um, just a difference of what he's been through. And on to some more positive dates, Destiny Child's Bootylicious came out 21 years ago. That also makes me feel very old. I'm going to be 25 this year. Um... I'm feeling it, man. I definitely feel my age, but then I understand that I'm actually still so very young and I still got so much ahead of me to look forward to. So it's like in a way I'm stressed out, but I'm not. But then it's like I keep hearing all these dates like this came out years ago and it's like everything from our childhood is nostalgic and everything's just kind of (laughs) weird. Especially with the internet, the internet makes things so differently because, you know, I'm older than a lot of the things on the internet too, like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's like I've watched all of these apps expand into what they are and I'm the reason why they're so successful. So it's just kind of weird to think of, um, you know, things that came out so long ago. Now, the topic of 21 years, it's officially 21 years since Bratz came out. If that doesn't make you feel old, um, adding on to what I was just talking about. Um, I do now own four Bratz dolls. Unfortunately, they are not all four original ones. I only have two original ones, which are Yasmin and Sasha. I had to get the color girls. I love Jade. I love Chloe. But I'm going to be honest, I hate the way they made the Chloe doll look. They, like, made her eyebrows black. And I just didn't think, I just didn't want it. (laughs) So I definitely, whenever I get a Chloe doll, it's going to be something different, a more cuter Chloe doll, not most likely the original. But I had to get Sasha and Yasmin. They were some of my first uh, dolls. My mom, um, my mom was very much into getting me dolls that looked like me when I was a little girl, which I really appreciate because that was really hard. But things like my scene, I had Madison and Bratz, you had Yasmin and Sasha, and my mom was just very much into that. And Bratz actually have been one of my main gifts that I've been giving little girls lately. If I've been going to birthday parties, I've been trying to gift little girls Bratz as much as I can, even though they're like $25. But it's still like, fuck it. I'm going to educate these little girls. I want these little girls to be able to say that they had a Bratz doll one day when it's 30 years, Bratz, 30 years ago or something or 40 years ago. And they're like, I have that because Bratz are not going anywhere. 
And then I also have two other brats. I have the Rock Angels brats. And I have a Jade because Jade was the very first one to come out when they re-released them. And I appreciate having Jade because I love Jade. And if you know, um, if you watch the Rock Angels movie, that was the very first Brad's movie. And honestly, my favorite. Don't argue with me. I get people love, you know, Fashion Pixies and like Forever Diamonds. But Rock Angels is it for me. It's just, I don't know. It's the music. It's the vibes. I just love it. It's my childhood. And um, I have a Nintendo, I have a Game Boy game of Rock Angels. Um, but you know, the the story kind of focuses around Jade and her being a fashion designer, then them trying to get revenge for Jade and stuff like that, going to Europe, becoming superstars. So I didn't mind having Jade. And also I remember um, when Bratz made the heads that you could like do their hair, the one that I had was Jade. So it was kind of, you know, nostalgic to see the doll and have, you know, the white, the white and black streak hair. And then I was able to get my hands on a Yasmin and a Target Rock Angels. So that makes me really happy that I have a Yasmin. I do want Sasha and Chloe and Roxy. Um, but those are a little bit harder to find right now. And also they're like 35 bucks. So sometimes when I see them, I'm like, oh, if only I was like on my shopping spree right now you know hopefully you'll be here next week when I get paid my um overtime or something but um yeah I'm just gonna keep slowly building on my Bratz collection no I'm not gonna open them I actually have thought of buying like an extra set just so you know for one day when I do um buy my own house and um I plan on having like a collector's room like between me and my man, like us having our own little collector's room or something, like he has a gaming room or a man cave or whatever. And I got like in my own little office studio and I have like all my collectibles and I feel like that's where I wanna put like my posters and everything because I have a lot of posters in my room. I know I'm going on a rant, but I know I have a lot of posters in my room. If you, well, you guys, most of you don't know that, but I have so many fucking posters in my room. Um, but I feel like one day in the future, I'm not going to want that for like my personal room. I feel like I'm going to want more of like a grown up um, blank canvas, but I am going to want like my own designated space where I can put all like my merch and my posters and my dolls and like my pops and my books, and my movies. I have a lot of pop culture stuff, you know, my vinyls and stuff. So I just want a designated space for that. And then I know, like, as time, I have to start buying that stuff and building it up. So hopefully I'll start to get more and more Bratz dolls and more as they continue to come out throughout the years and stuff like that. Um, but that is mostly all I have for the memorabilia today as of currently. Um... I'm so glad to be back here with you guys today. Um, I'm happy to that we were able to touch on some of the topics that we, we were able to touch on and that you guys have been interested in. I know that the timeline with my podcast have been a little wacky. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm exhausted and I'm tired. Um, I work 10-hour shifts and sometimes when I come home, um, I just really don't want to record. And sometimes, you know, on, on those Sundays... Um, I've been running errands all day or cleaning or 
Um, I'm just being lazy, trying to catch up on my sleep. So when it comes time to making the pot, I don't do it. So I do apologize that my timeline hasn't been the most consistent. But I'm not going to stop making episodes. And that's what I can say is that expect me to make an episode. Don't don't think that I'm going to be gone um, four weeks in a row or, you know, I'm just going to stop popping up. I'm just going to continue to post what I can and continue to find my flow and our flow and what I can and can't do. And, um, just start getting the tweaks out and, um, just figuring the podcast out together and what's best for us. And also sometimes I feel like on a weekly basis, I always can't provide you with, um, the most and, I still have so much more to go and so much more seasons to go and I still have a guest that I want to get on the show and um, more episodes dedicated to specific topics and stuff like that. So I just want to really thank you guys for still being here with me and for continuing to support the pod. Literally, you guys, um, there there's a selective group of people who listen to my, you know, there's at least... Um, there, there's a good handful of you who listen to the pod every time it drops, and I know it's consistent because it's always around the same number of people, and um, I just really want to let you guys know that I love you, and thank you for listening. Thank you for the continued support. I really don't know how many times I can say it, but I feel like I can never say it enough. Um, yeah, and then um, don't forget to follow the Instagram at Channel97Podcast. Don't be afraid to ever DM me or message me any questions or things that you want me to talk about on the pod. I am active on Twitter and Facebook. I love to share pop culture and other things like that. And, um, yeah, thank you again for being here, and I will see you guys next time. This is Channel 97. Thank you.